Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at sknr.net as we cover all things movies, games, television, travel, entertainment, pop culture, and more. You can also catch me on DJ Shea's Geek Nation on KSWFM. We put the uh, audio of each segment on our site, and we cover the same uh, topics, but just a lot more in-depth, a little more uh, timely, because we can do that during the week. And then, of course, you can catch us on Sci-Fi Radio. You can catch a backlog of our reviews on PinellCentral.com, keyword skewed, which is a network of newspapers, a lot of game reviews there. And, of course, we have our quarterly magazine syndication, Open Critic, and more. Now, we had planned on having a guest uh, with us today, Phoenix Fan Fusion. Unfortunately, he had an emergency situation pop up, and so uh, he is off attending to that. Uh, but we are going to try to have him or someone on next week, the week before the show, and get that coverage in. So I'm joined, as always, with Justin and Michael, and we are going to uh, cover the, some of the news from the week as well as a look ahead. So let's start off with the... Uh, first bit of news this week that really caught a lot of attention, and that was the fact that uh, as we are preparing without E3 and with Summer Game Fest uh, handling the um, gaming news for the summer, uh, out of the nowhere we got news that PlayStation, we heard they were planning something, a lot of people thought it was a live stream, uh, but then we got news that it is a full-on showcase. It will be taking place next week, May 24th at 1 p.m. Pacific, and it will, according to the PlayStation blog post, will be a bit over an hour focusing on PS5 and PSVR 2 games in development from top studios around the world. A lot of people think we might get a look, a uh, new look at Marvel's Spider-Man 2, and as someone said, they have not done a full-on showcase uh, for a few years. So, uh, Justin, start us off. What do you think? Yeah, I think we were talking last week about some of our predictions of uh, based on one rumors and then two just our own predictions of what was going to happen. And uh, I think we all had mentioned that Sony was going to be doing a showcase sometime soon, and uh, just just like right on schedule, they announced their showcase for a, a week after basically we we had talked about it. So, um, yeah, I, I I'm expecting definitely uh, Spider-Man Two will be there. Uh, I think that's going to be one of their big headlining uh, titles for the rest of the year. So that will definitely be there. My guess is we'll see gameplay, uh, maybe a little bit about uh, the story. Um, as far as other titles, I I do suspect that because we're getting fairly close to another pretty large um, PS5 exclusive with uh, Final Fantasy. 16 uh coming out next month i think they'll probably have an extended uh show showcase with uh extended um a trailer for for that because that's just right around the corner um potentially you'll maybe see something with the the second part of the final fantasy 7 remake project because that's also kind of a big sony um sony deal as far as other titles um that's that that's really up to speculation. I have heard some rumors that maybe Alan Wake 2 uh, is coming out this year. Um, I, that is not a PS5 exclusive, but that doesn't necessarily mean it won't be at the showcase. So I, I would like to see uh, something with um, Alan Wake 2. And if there's rumors going around about it, then um, my guess is that maybe it's uh, lining up with um, 
with Sony Showcase. So hopefully we get a little bit more on Alan Wake 2. Um, that, that that would be my uh, my my number one uh, game I'd like to see. But uh, I'm also curious to see what they're doing with the PSVR. Um, you know, uh, I'm hoping to see some, some more exclusive content there. And uh, also, just in general, the PS5, um, ha- we don't really know a lot about what's co- coming out for the PS5 at the end of the year, especially for things that are basically exclusive to it. So this will be a pretty big show, I think, for Sony, and it will basically be their, their version of E3 for this year. I think we might get something on Wolverine, but not gameplay or something like that. But I do think we'll, we might get at least have to have some kind of mention, but who knows? Michael, what is your take, please? So I think we're going to see a Last of Us remake, the HBO edition. No, hopefully not. (laughs) The way they've been pushing Last of Us remakes all these years, it wouldn't surprise me if they do something similar to that. The the, uh, Last of Us Ultimate, Ultimate, Ultimate redo collection or something. Um, Yeah, with Summer Game Fest, they're they're going to be participating there too, so it uh, kind of makes me think that they'll show more of their exclusives with this showcase and leave some of the best played on PlayStation like they do with other stuff um, at the Summer Game Fest, but um, I, I th- definitely think we're going to see a, a, a large chunk dedicated to Spider-Man 2 gameplay, um, introduction of villains, um, those types of things. I think that'll that'll probably take up a big chunk of it. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a, a 20-minute playthrough of Spider-Man 2. Um, there's been a lot of um, rumors speculating about potentially uh, remakes in the work things like Silent Hill, I've heard that as a rumor. Um, a Metal Gear Solid game, they've talked about remakes there. Remakes have been kind of more, more than just a remaster, but a, uh, a reimagining, but following the same formula. Kind of like we've seen with the Resident Evil um, show, Resident Evil games, which have been really successful based on that. So maybe we're going to start seeing Sony um, bringing in some of their um, much-beloved titles and doing remakes of those. Again, I've heard um, Silent Hill, I've heard Metal Gear Solid 3. There's, again, just rumors, nothing in particular. Um, I would be really curious to see some PSVR 2, uh, PSVR 2 content that actually takes advantage of the PSVR 2. I mean, outside the um, Forbidden, uh, Lost of the Forbidden West, I can't think of the name now. Horizon. But, yeah, Horizon. I mean, outside of that, most of the titles that came out for PSVR 2 have been games that have already been showcased on other PSVR or PSVR or other PC related um, VR um, titles and they haven't really utilized the hardware at all um, things like eye tracking and, and a lot of that sort of stuff have, have been pretty slim pickings on the PSVR 2 so I think for PSVR 2 to really be successful and again just by the price for folks we need to start seeing some um, killer content that will drive those sales. Uh, much like how Valve had Half-Life Alex really helped drive sales into the um, index um, and the PS, PS, you know, the place, uh, PC VR market. I think we definitely need to see some PlayStation VR 2 content, again, to, to justify the expense for that and to kind of push that forward because it's been kind of stagnant for a while since release and I think we really need to see something there. Um, otherwise, Again, I think they're going to focus on um, some stuff that's coming out. We might see another God of War DLC announced. Um, that wouldn't be too surprising. I don't think we're ready to go to a new 
God of War yet, but I think a DLC is probably in the future also. Yeah, I definitely think VR, I like the PSVR 2 a lot, but I kind of played through the launch titles, and I'm ready for something different. I think Half-Life Alex would be a huge game changer if they were able to get that to happen. Um, but we'll see what else. I mean, they are fairly committed. From what I understand, there are several uh, large companies working on new games for it, so hopefully we will see some new stuff. And then, of course, you know, let's not put too small of a point on it with this whole uh, Microsoft and uh, Activision Blizzard deal in the works. This is a good time for Sony to come out and drop the ball. I mean, we've been hearing stories that Grand Theft Auto 6 is coming next year. And, of course, the big question is going to be how quickly are we going to get the first look at that? I think maybe later in the year, that sort of thing. Lots of stuff. But um, just, you know, flipping the switch, let's do a little bit of a look ahead here uh, because there are some interesting things. And we are starting to see um, some really unusual, not so much unusual, but some interesting uh, revelations coming out. So. Right now, let's have a look where we stand. So we have these PlayStation so Showcase May 24th, the Meta Quest Gaming Showcase June 1st, Summer Game Fest on June 8th, Day of Developers uh, Summer Game Fest Edition June 8th, uh, Tribeca Game Spotlight June 9th, Wholesome Direct June 10th, uh, those more casual entity, PC Games Future Game Show June 10th, and that's only games that are going to be on the PC. And then the Xbox Game Showcase Starfield Direct on June 11th. Uh, also the PC, sorry, I got the Future Game Show mixed up. We've got the Future Game Show and the PC Gaming Show. And then Ubisoft Forward and then Xbox, like they did in the past, will be doing an extended showcase on June 3rd. You go all the way into August when you have THQ uh, Nordic doing theirs. You have Gamescom opening night on the 22nd. Future Game Show at Gamescom, August 23rd. And then, of course, um, you have to look at the bigger picture as well because uh, BlizzCon is coming back November 3rd through 4th. You have um, PAX West doing theirs on September 1 through 4. So there'll be definitely a lot of opportunities. And then who, who knows you know, who's going to pop up and say, hey, we're doing a live stream now. We don't know what kind of gaming presence is going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. We've talked about, you know, with the labor disputes and stuff like that, is it possible that certain gaming companies may take that opportunity to push up? We've already talked about uh, Spider-Man 2. You know, they, I remember the last Spider-Man game being all over the side of a building at Comic-Con. So lots of opportunities. Switching gears, let's talk a little bit about the uh, current state of movies, television, and streaming, and word we got this week was that several titles are about to be pulled from Disney+, Plus, including the new Willow series, uh, in a cost-cutting move from Disney. I believe they said over 20 titles, with some more uh, about to follow. So, Michael, what do you make of this? Yeah, I think everybody's kind of buckling down for the writer's strike, and realizing that new content is going to be a little bit difficult to deliver on. And so instead of spending the money on uh, on IP that may not drive a lot or that they're going to have to put on hold and that could be expensive as well, in some cases simply you know, 
canceling those projects or stopping those projects um, is the only the only only real recourse that they've got. Now, the Willow series, I'll be the first. I loved the movie. I saw it three times when it came out. Loved the book, um, everything about it. I wasn't as taken with the series. I know it did fairly well review wise. Um, I got through it, but I don't. I don't know. It just. It just didn't. It, it didn't stick the landing for me. I was kind of hoping that that was just due to the first season, kind of trying to find its footing, and then delivering on a second season. Uh, but it sounds like that's not going to be a, something they're going to do at least now. It doesn't mean that it won't come back. You know, five years down the road. But um, all of those actors are going to get older, um, and other projects are going to kind of take priority. But I think we're going to see a lot of that with. Um, shows being canceled or being on, put on hiatus for an indefinite amount of time because of the writer's strike. Again, developing new content isn't just about um, the screenwriters getting the, the, you know, the, the scripts out, but it's also do you, do you continue to film something that's a couple of episodes in and go on hold for however long this takes, three months or whatever it happens to be, um, and then try to bring everybody back to complete that, or do you cut your losses and kind of quit production where you're at. So I, I, I think it's unfortunate because I think a lot of these shows that are being um, dismantled probably had a better opportunity to be successful um, given more time. But it, right now, it just doesn't sound like there's going to be the budget for that. What sounds really odd, too, is that they're going after stuff that's already done and on the servers right now, and they're taking them off as a simple cost-cutting measure, too. So it will be interesting. I mean, I get if a show is not performing, there could be the argument of why even bother um, sticking it up on the server, but at the same time, it is an interesting move. Uh, Justin, what do you think? Yeah, it, it's very curious, and there's there's so much about these kinds of decisions that are, you know, we can only speculate. Uh, to me, it, it, on its surface, it does seem kind of strange that, you know, if you have a done show... Um, you know, how much does it cost to actually keep it on your servers? But, uh, you know, th those are questions that we don't, we're not really privy exactly to the answers to, at least that I'm aware of. Um, that said, you know, some, sometimes, you know, there is the question of if a, if a show comes out and it's very poorly received, then, um, you know, there's the hit of, of the reputation, um, to, to your brand essentially. So, I imagine that's also part of it. I, I know that the Willow series was not super well received, was not very successful. So, um, it, so it, it, it does make sense in that regard. You know, I, I, I see two lines of logic here. So, you know, going into the writer strike and, uh, the, there's going to be a dwindling of content in one, in one regard, maybe you want as much as you, as you can just to, uh, to cast a wide net try to get as many people um, watching content on your streaming service as possible. But on the other hand, you know, there's, there's also the, the, you know, just the very basic cost cutting measures of taking off stuff that no one's watching. Um, not no one, but very few people are watching. So I guess I can understand it from that regard. Um, so if, like Michael said, you know, I, I think everyone's kind of hunkering down. They're kind of trying to see where, where on the margins they can kind of cut a little bit of cost and kind of streamline a little bit that way they can kind of get through this uh, next period that's you know not not just difficult from a writer strike standpoint just but just difficult in the sense that uh, i think just most companies are kind of struggling right now yeah and it's interesting too because if you look at the bigger picture disney canceled uh that project 
that was going to take place out in um, Florida with their ongoing dispute that's going on. But then apparently at the same time, they laid out a uh, project at uh, Anaheim saying, you know, this is where we basically see the future going. Apparently, um, I, I'm very curious about this because apparently there's a tract of land over by where the Angels baseball team plays. And a lot of people have said, oh, they're going to develop that. They're going to turn it to a third park. Other people have said, no, no, it's going to be office space or it's going to be something else like that. But the bottom line is, um, you know, you can see exactly what the thinking is, is uh, you have problems with us out in Florida. Fine. We're not going to invest capital out there. We're going to put the capital into the areas where, uh, you know, we're not having these issues. You've just seen that gigantic frozen expansion that's being added to Hong Kong and some of the others. And it's interesting because, you know, as we speak right now, we've got um, Guardians of the Galaxy has been doing good business. You have The Little Mermaid coming out. It's getting excellent reviews. You have Indiana Jones coming out. And, oh, yeah, let's not forget, it's not too long until things like Ahsoka and Secret Invasion start popping up on Disney+. Plus. They've already said they're going to experiment with Echo and Loki in terms of dropping the full season instead of doing it episodic. And then, of course, we have the Star Wars movies in the works. Now, ironically, um, I did see something that said that Elemental was only estimated to do like 35 to 40 million opening. Uh, but this is also, I saw a 20-minute clip of it at CinemaCon. This is a film that I think could have some absolute legs to it. So it'll be interesting. Now, while we're talking about all of this, one of the other new Disney properties, new to them, uh, that is about to get some serious work is the Alien series. We've got the new movie in the works, and we've also heard some reports this week that it's going to not only connect to the original films, but perhaps the prequels as well. And then, of course, at the same time, Noah Hawley has got his series coming where he has said that um, there is a possibility of a second season and he wants to kind of increase the mystery back around the alien. So, Justin, start us off. What do you make of this? Yeah, uh, so uh, Noah Hawley's uh, come out and basically said he wants to remystify the alien um, and, you know, as plans for basically future content after the first season. Um, I, you know, I... I I'm curious to see that what approach he takes with this. Um, I think that was kind of one of the big things that Ridley Scott had said that he wanted to do with uh, with the prequel movies, Prometheus and Alien Covenant, and both of those were were fairly controversial. Um, I mean, I like them, uh, but the the approach. So if you kind of step back and you kind of look at okay, so what what do they mean by remystify the alien? And oftentimes they kind of both Ridley Scott and Noah Hawley kind of echoing the kind of the same thing, which is when you watch the first movie and there's there's so much that you don't know about how it works, uh, that that's where a lot of the horror comes from. So when you watch the first movie for the first time, you have no no information about how the alien life cycle works. So as you're watching it you're kind of in it with the characters because they're also learning how the alien works, how the face hugger um, implants a, an egg into its, uh, into its victim, um, which then, you know, creates the actual alien, which bursts out and then it grows up. Um, 
the 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 movies beyond that so aliens um alien 3 uh and alien resurrection they they kind of played around a little bit with the uh, with the life cycle and adding a little bit more uh depth to to the uh to the alien and form of the queen and things like that but overall i i think ridley scott had, had basically said when he approached prometheus is that there was no mystery left to it it was ba- basically you know they had they'd done so many movies that we had no we basically knew exactly how how the alien worked and it, t- it takes away a lot of the horror so the way he approached it um which you know better better or worse you know that there's i think there's a case for it but it didn't work for everybody is basically uh approach it with with a massive amount of ambiguity that was very unclear as to what prometheus and, and alien covenant um there, there's still even now there's a lot of ambiguity about you know what exactly is going on in those movies um so i'm curious to see what approach noah hawley takes with it my guess is um if they can come up with kind of a clever way a clever new way that the alien life cycle can can uh maybe work differently then you can kind of replicate a little bit of what the the first movie kind of did where you when you're watching it for the first time you don't really know exactly what's going to happen next yeah very good points michael what do you take yeah i agree i think it's really difficult um and this is true with all quote-unquote horror movies although this is more of a horror sci-fi obviously is is once you've done so many different takes on it, um, it can be difficult to have that element of surprise or something that um, is unexpected, right? I mean, I I would be concerned if they decided to do a reboot of, this, of the show because I don't think it needs that at all. Um, but I do think that there, you know, I think there needs to be some, because I've been, I've been a pretty big fan of all the movies regardless, with the exception of Resurrection, which I thought was terrible. Um, but the other ones, I thought they told very interesting stories. But I, I think they're... I think they have kind of gotten away from the alien being the main protagonist. I mean, sure, they show up and they they kind of, you know, create havoc and that sort of thing. But I think we need to kind of go back to that being the case and no longer be about civilization or the you know the architects or the people who created them and just kind of get back to a more um, direct approach where the alien itself is more the, the main protagonist and that's what is driving um, the franchise and in particular driving the, uh, the you know the the interest in the movies and that sort of thing so yeah I'll be really interested to see what kind of take they have on this and if they could take this in a in a good direction again I haven't been um, terribly disappointed as a whole, but but I could see a general room for improvement for sure. And you know, it's interesting. There's one person out there claiming that there's a Prometheus prequel series in the work, but the site has pretty much zero credibility, so it makes it very hard to take them seriously. But more established sites are reporting that there is a fully completed Alien vs. Predator anime series that was done uh, before Disney acquired them, and it's just literally sitting in a vault right now, uh, fate unknown. So, Justin, do you have any information or comments on that? Yeah. So um, there was a an, uh, there was an interview with somebody who um, worked at Fox. Um, I'm trying to pull up exactly his title. My, my apologies. Uh, it was with, um, anyway, 
Um, so during the Alien Day, the most recent, okay, Josh Izzo, he was a, uh, um, he worked. He basically worked at Fox at the time, and and according to him, there's a fully complete Alien vs. Predator animated series. Um, I think done by the same director who did the most recent uh, Blade Runner animated series. Um, now I don't know. There isn't. I don't. I don't think there's confirmation. This is 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 totally true, but um, there isn't really much reason to think it isn't. It's it's very very curious as to why you wouldn't uh, release a fully complete animated series. My my speculation is maybe it's not fully complete. Maybe that that was uh maybe that was a little bit of an embellishment. Um, but uh, his speculation was that fought or uh, Disney was just reluctant to um to approach Alien versus Predator as a property and was more interested in kind of keeping Alien and Predator separate. Um. If if that is the case, I, I hope that's not true because I, I think there's a lot of potential with the Alien vs. Predator uh, franchise. I mean, obviously the the games are, are still very beloved at least to, to me and a, and a lot of others. Um, and, or you know maybe it's that this this particular series just didn't live up to the standards that they uh, um, uh, that Disney was looking for. It was it's. It's tough to to really know for sure. I mean that this was kind of one of those if true this is one of those holdover um projects from from before the Fox and Disney merger. So that that's also an aspect about this too where it it's something that Disney inherited but they didn't create so maybe they have different feelings about it than the people who worked on it originally but I hope we get to see it, you know, eventually. Um, maybe they're just waiting for like the right moment to release it. Um, that's the thing about animated series is that is that uh, you could probably release it in a few years, and if you you wouldn't really be if it's well made, you wouldn't really be able to tell that this this was something that was made several years ago. Interesting. And Michael, your take, please. Yeah, I'm always interested to see new content and new. Um, potential for new stories, and I agree. I mean, I think the Alien versus Predator, while those movies have been okay, again, they haven't really been uh, living up to the standard, I think, that a lot of folks expected with either of those franchises. I, I think that's there's so much to um, dig into in, into that particular universe, and, and seeing those um, them kind of, you know, encounter one another. And again, I, I think a lot of it was just, it's just been not not really developed as well as they could be, but again, I think there's opportunities for that franchise still. And one of the things that, you know, maybe, you know, because the Predator franchise has been kind of struggling with some of the later movies recently, as has the Alien one, and maybe a good crossover event is exactly what they need to re-energize both of those particular franchises. So, so yeah, I, I still would like to see some more of that crossover um, content, whether or not they make it canon series independently or not it doesn't matter but i think there's a great opportunity to continue to drive those the movies in, the, in that direction and again neither of them have been terrible in the past i just think there's room for improvement obviously yeah absolutely it just uh, makes you wonder what everything is uh coming with all the craziness going on and uh, the last thing i wanted to talk about was uh, briefly we're just waiting for some uh uh positive news from all these strikes and then the last uh thing well only one strike but the last thing we heard is that while they haven't set a strike date 
the actors, SAG-AFTRA, have agreed to set a strike vote, which would essentially authorize them to go out on June 5th when their schedule ended. Well, as this thing is going on, uh, the TV upfronts have been happening, and this is where the TV networks come up to the advertisers and tout their lineup and the media talking up all the great stuff they have and why people need to watch and be excited about it. At the same time, everybody knows that you're facing a strike with the potential for the actors and the directors to follow. So ABC has released what is being referred to as um, a strike-proof fall schedule. And uh, this is the, they've said of, of the three broadcast networks, uh, that presented, this is said to be the most um, strike-proof because CBS gave a business as usual lineup. Uh, NBC showed a slate with mixed and unscripted shows uh, and already filmed scripted series, uh, but some that can't move ahead. And Fox is holding off on their fall lineup announcement. But so ABC comes up with you know Monday night doing Dancing with the Stars, The Golden Bachelor. Uh, Tuesday, Celebrity Jeopardy, Bachelor in Paradise. Wednesday, Judge Steve Harvey, Abbott Elementary repeats. Uh, what would you do? Game show. Thursday, Celebrity Wheel of Fortune, Crush Your Luck, The $100,000 Pyramid. Friday, Shark Tank, uh, and 2020. Saturday is going to be Saturday Night College Football. And Sunday, America's Funniest Videos and the Wonderful World of Disney. Uh, Michael, what do you make of this? Yeah, so a lot of this stuff is what ABC has traditionally done, particularly in the summer, where they kind of go to their game show presence and, and in the evenings. Obviously, Bachelor and Bachelor of Paradise are, uh, you know, always a, a big draw for them, Dancing with the Stars. These are things that, I mean, there are obviously scripted elements to it. There's obviously um, editorial-type things that go into these things. But generally speaking, these are a lot of um, reality type things, um, things like uh, ABC does have the luxury of having um, Disney, well Disney has ABC, but has the luxury of, of doing Disney content on ABC, and you know, obviously the college football scene, um, summer football leagues, um, and even NFL, depending on how late it goes, um, there are lots of opportunities for all sorts of, again, for, for non-scripted events for these television networks to drive content. Now, is that going to be enough to make people tune in? I, I don't know. I don't know how popular things like um, $100,000 Pyramid or Crush of Luck or Celebrity Wheel of Fortune is, generally speaking. Um, but, you know, a lot of stuff's already slated to be released, so it's nothing really new that they have to focus on. Yeah, absolutely. It just does make you wonder. Uh, Justin, your take on this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, th I think this is mostly just to kind of get by kind of that's what I sort of read into it that this is these are kind of like plans to kind of get, get get by and hopefully, you know, just skate through hopefully with uh, as little impact as possible. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it, it's essentially a placeholder They're they're saying right now, we haven't lost our fall schedule, because generally speaking, they don't uh, start writing and filming until July-ish. So, you know, the argument is, well, we don't know how many scripts have already been written, but let's assume that uh, a resolution is reached in June and that they get themselves back to work, that 
okay, maybe we push things back two to three weeks, but we'll still hit the fall. Now, of course, obviously, this is pending directors and actors uh, also being available, but it is it is very, very interesting uh, to see how this plays out. And, of course, you know, the, the fact that Fox is still not willing to show what they've got uh, tells you there's still a lot of uncertainty, but, you know, this is all a changing thing. This could all change on a moment's notice where they could sit down, they could start talking again, and within a day or two we could have an agreement in place, so who knows. That's going to do it for us this week, folks. Uh, hopefully we will have our scheduled guest uh, be able to join us again next week, and until then, take care and be well.